Hello, everybody. Jace here. I just wanted to tell you about a fantastic creator-owned project that's going on right now. It's over at zoop.gg. It's called Axe Wielder John, and it's the brainchild of the incredibly talented comic creator, Nick Patera. It's a savage journey into the heart of a man driven mad by love, by hate, by power. Uh, this is a chance for Nick to really tell a story, no holds barred, drawing inspiration from some of his favorite comic creators like Frank Quietly and Mobius. It's a story that's very close to his heart. If you've listened to the podcast interview I did with Nick, he talked about being inspired by some challenges that his family faced when his first daughter was born and how coming up with this Axe Wilder John character really helped him and his family get through that time. Even though he's a barbarian, even though it's filled with the blood and guts and barbarian action that Nick Patera loves, Axe Wilder John is a much more complicated character than that, and this is a much more complicated story. There's a lot of love to go with the action. So the campaign is already fully funded. I highly recommend you all go check it out at zoop.gg.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. And I'm Blake. And this is another Spawn Daily episode. We're up to issue 71. Quick reminder what we're doing. Uh, in celebration of 30th anniversary of Spawn, 30th anniversary of Image Comics, we are attempting to read the entirety of the run of Spawn, because I never have. But I'm joined by my friend Blake Whitlow, who created uh, an incredible reading order because he has read it all. And you would think, okay, well, why do you need a reading order if you're just covering the main series? Well, we got up to around issue 30 and realized a lot of the things that are happening in the other tangential series or minis or one-shots or tie-ins or what have you, they really affect the things that happen in the main series. So I didn't want to just read only the main series and have things, parts of the story or whatever that were left out. So I went in search of a reading order. I came across Blake's. He has generously agreed to join me. Hopefully we're going to be bringing you content on Spawn Daily every day, as the name uh, implies. We missed uh, a few weeks. Totally my fault, not on Blake at all day job stuff going on but uh, that being said moving forward we're hope hopeful to get a little ahead and maybe even release multiple episodes a day so by the end of the year we'll be all caught up on the main series of spawn and be able to move forward reading the spawn universe titles that mcfarland started in 2021 to kind of expand the spawn universe with gunslinger spawn and king spawn and uh and scorch so as i said we are up to issue number 21 and uh, if you joined us last time, you'll remember that Spawn was resurrected uh, after having his head blown off. There was uh, a place that they refer to as the Dead Zone in uh, Rat City, where heaven holds sway and Spawn's hell powers don't work. Uh, but he was resurrected. And in this issue, as you can see by the awesome cover, if you're checking us out on YouTube, uh, we're in introduced a new character called Wolfram. Uh, if you see that cover, pretty obvious what kind of a monster he is you see what looks to be a priest there he's holding a stake he's got the holy bible uh he's got a rosary and whatnot so yeah wolfram definitely a vampire 
And I'm kind of surprised it's taken us this... It wasn't something I was conscious of, but then when he showed up in the issue, I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't we have met a vampire in the pages of Spawn before? So much in common with Spawn, right? Like this idea of a creature from hell, uh, this idea of something with a big billowing cape and uh, only comes out at night, sticks to the shadows. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot in common. So A little parallel there. Yeah, a little or, or maybe even a lot uh, of parallel. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into issue number 71. Uh, you see the, the credits there. It's written whoa, all the way down to the last page. There we go. Now you see the credits. Uh, story by Todd McFarlane, and for the first time, he's got a co-writer, Brian Holguin. Uh, or for the first time in a long time, I should say. Uh, Greg Capullo does the pencils, Danny Mickey and Todd McFarlane on inks, Orzakowski handling the lettering, and then Brian Haverlin and Dan Kemp on uh, colors. So uh, we actually kick off the issue with a little bit of a continuation of what we saw at the end of last issue, where uh, Spawn released a lot of the karmic evil entities, uh, you know, that all that evil aura, evil karma that he, uh, when he was resurrected, that he sort of channeled and pulled out of the freak. He then returned to the freak, uh, and the freak, uh, as we see here, it says it's over. After wreaking havoc on the denizens of Rat City, the malevolent messiah, not only as freak, has met his, his end, met his fate at the hands of Spawn. Um, kind of interesting that McFarlane puts it that way, because I mean, I get that Spawn's the one that ultimately, you know, unleashed all those evil creatures back on the Freak, but is it really Spawn's fault? Because, I mean, all this malevolence, all this evil aura, everything we talked about last episode, he really did it to himself. You know, if he wasn't such a bad guy, there wouldn't have been all these evil creatures that literally tried to climb back inside him and suffocated him. So... Uh, as I said last time, it's a sort of a bad pun, but you know, good riddance to bad rubbish, uh, literally in this case, because Rat City is nothing if not uh, filled with garbage. So, as Spawn is looking down, I won't say on his on his handiwork, but just looking down on this mass of evil worms and whatnot, um, Cogliostro is there and says, "Oh, bravo! You know, great performance. Look at my works and." Spawn is not necessarily trying to justify, but does, you know, tell Cog how he feels. Like, this guy was an abomination, right? He engineered a gang war. He found a way to kill me. He got no more than he deserved. Um, and Cog's like, well, that, that might be true, but you didn't do much to avert that gang war. Like, how many people died tonight? And this is just one more corpse for the barricades is, is the way that... Uh, that Cogliostro puts it, and Spawn turns full of anger, as he often is with Cog, because Cog's one of those guys, like, he he comes across a lot of times as, I told you, well, I told you so, well, I told you so, like, a kind of a know-it-all, but the thing is, he doesn't, you didn't tell me so, Cog, you, you dropped these cryptic hints, and, you know, uh, these warnings that don't make any sense, I never get straight answers from you, um, and Spawn says as much, you know, he's like, you know what? I'm tired of listening to you. You know, I just had my head blown off because of this freak. I'm not a- about to forgive him. And Cog's like, once again, telling Spawn, well, God, here you go with the whining again, right? Everything happens around you is an accident. It's never your fault. You know, you, you, you don't look for the answers, but 
you need to understand that your existence matters, right? It's time you started thinking a little before you act. You know, the same old song and dance that Cogliostro has told him time and time again. Stop acting out of instinct. And to Al Simmons' credit, he's like, you know what? I'm in no mood, man. You know, uh, I'm in no mood. You always give me this advice, but you never give me any any real answers. Uh, but Cog's not about to just give you know give in and tell Spawny's uh, right or Al Simmons' right. He's like, tough, right? You're dealing with forces that don't really care about your mood or the way you feel. You want to be a man again? You should start acting like a man. You have to look around you, put the puzzle pieces together, right? You know why you lost your powers. You know why you were able to be killed. There's a celestial safe zone there, you know, a dead zone, if you will, right, right in the middle of Rat City. And if you were paying attention, you'd see what's going on here. And Al gives back just as good as he, he gets yelling back at, at Cog, like, what are you telling me? I almost died. And you're, you're telling me that in this filthy hellhole that there's a, a piece of heaven here? Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't understand. It's uh, a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, why should I believe anything you say? You, you, you give me all this cryptic advice, but you never give me straight answers. Uh, why should I believe anything you say? You, you can go to hell, which kind of, I, I mean, you gotta be a little more cognizant of what you're saying than that. Al Simmons, like, <laughs> that I mean, you have been to hell. You can't just tell this guy to go to hell. And yeah. Cogs even says, you know, uh, I've been there. Don't care to repeat it. You know, the curse is not going to go away just because you ignore it. So once again, Cog is just like, man, do something. Be more proactive. Stop. And I think that's his biggest, his the biggest takeaway we get from Cog's constant disappointment in Al Simmons. He wants him to be more proactive. Go out in search of the answers. Find out what you need to find out. Learn about the battle between heaven and hell. Learn what your powers are. Learn what your weaknesses are. Learn what, you know, try to understand better what's going on. So instead of always reacting, you can be prepared for things. But, uh, he, and he also points out, he's like, don't you realize that this heaven and hell that you see, they're not the, the, the things that you learned about in preschool, right? Where heaven is good and hell is bad. Um, of course, heaven's been keeping tabs on you. And if you ever want to start finding your way out of this curse, and, and, and we, he says, we find our way out of this curse because he's cursed too. He's a spawn as well. Um, we need to find the answers to the questions because that's the other thing. Cog doesn't have all the answers. Does he know more than spawn? Yeah, he knows more than, than spawn. He knows more than Al Simmons because he's been around. He's been cursed for much longer. But he's like, I, I can help you find the answers by giving you the questions. And Spawn's like, you know what? If you don't have the answers, Cog, then what good are you to me? And he goes stomping off and, and Cog's like, you know what? Two steps forward from where you started. You know, you've been around this long and you're, you're not further along than that. You know, you've had these powers for how long now? It's ridiculous. It's like, if you want to survive what's coming, you're going to need to change. But Al, as, as is typical when it comes to Cog, doesn't want to hear what Cog has to say. Meanwhile, uh, back at the Fitzgerald residence, we see Cyan sleeping there with her, uh, her shoelace and her, her pacifier next to her. And uh, Wanda is sitting there uh, alone in the living room thinking about how insane uh, Cyan acted when she dropped her pacifier out the window. Terry finally shows up 
uh, and uh, Wanda's a little upset with him. Like, I called. How come you didn't answer? Uh, and he said, well, you didn't say it was uh, an emergency. I got hung up at the office. It's, it, you know, it's not a big deal. Where's Cyan? And uh, Wanda's pretty upset. She's like, I, I called you. You didn't call back. Just because it's a, I didn't say it was an emergency doesn't mean that you shouldn't have called back. Uh, it was horrible the way Cyan acted today. And Terry kind of tries to play it off. He's like, oh, you hear about the terrible twos. You know, it's, it's no big deal. Obviously, he didn't see it or he would be much more concerned. Uh, but Wanda kind of bites his head off saying, you know, what happened to the guy I married? What happened to the guy who was supposed to be a family man? Um, you know, you, you're not even around anymore. And she goes uh, stomping off and, and slams the door. So uh, meanwhile, Sam and Twitch uh, are making their way out of Rat City and the police officers, maybe because the battle's over, maybe because Spawn is not involved with it or maybe because the freak is gone. These cops are now able to, to enter. They're not stuck in that sort of infinite loop where they walk into the alley and take four or five steps and walk out right where they came in, which was some sort of a, insinuated the powers of heaven and hell were preventing them from coming in because it, this fight was long overdue or whatnot. Um, and so Sam and Twitch are telling the officers what they know and saying that they're going to uh, continue to investigate. The cops are like, you know what? You're not cops anymore. Banks had good sense to weed you out. So, I mean, these aren't exactly good cops if they're on Banks' side. Uh, so there's a little bit of animosity there. And the way the cops get rid of uh, Sam and Twitch is that their car is be- being towed. So um, luckily the chrome was not scratched, says uh, Burke, and he pays a fine. He's able to keep the car from being towed away so they decide to go to one of sam's favorite places to unwind which turns out to be this strip joint but when they walk inside not unlike uh the scene they just had earlier in the night with all the homeless fighting each other there's all these patrons of the uh the uh the strip stripper place um fighting each other like just going crazy uh and as Sam is looking around, he realizes you know something's not quite right, and he spots uh, a guy who isn't going crazy and attacking uh, you know his fellow patrons like a lot of the others are, and that because his behavior is different, it stands out and it draws Sam's eye, and he notices that he's got one of the strippers uh, thrown over his shoulder, and. He's running out the back door, so uh, Sam yells at Twitch, "Hey, uh, we, we gotta save this girl. Find out where this guy's going." And when they run out into the alley, they're too late. The guy has disappeared, and the woman has had her uh, had her throat ripped out. So, uh, and she's just discarded uh, among amongst the trash. So, meanwhile, back in the alley, the cops are cleaning up the the mess. There's a lot of dead bodies from this uh, homeless gang war, civil war, whatever you want to call it. They're not exactly too concerned about the bodies in a lot of ways. Uh, they're like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, these bums aren't even people. Like, they're really, yeah, these aren't good, good people. You know, uh, yeah, it, they completely dehumanize. And yeah, it, it's so telling because this is actually an issue with uh, with a lot of uh, police forces is the dehumanization of the very people that they're supposed to protect. And this is just a an interesting bit of writing that that kind of exemplifies that it's like they don't even think of these these homeless people who died in this like very awful and 
as we said before, it was it, it's a pretty tragic conflict. It didn't need to escalate to this this level, and it did. So no one needed to die, but here he is. He's like, oh, they they should have been killed off a long time ago, kind of a thing. It's like, wow, what? That's insane. And he's supposed to protect and serve. Yeah, what? Part of what's so horrible about it, this, this comic is from like the late '90s. Here we are, over 25 years later, 30 years later, and we still, still have the same. Relevant. We still have the same problem, man. It's it's disheartening. Uh, and Spawn is looking on and hears these these people talking about. Here's these cops and and detectives and whatnot talking like this, and yeah, obviously doesn't doesn't make him happy. Um, and he's you know thinking about how uh, a lot of these. People aren't even going to get a proper burial, and uh, you know he used to be Al Simmons used to be a hero, and um, he's thinking about all the things that Cog told him earlier, and and you know maybe Cog is right, maybe he does need to change, maybe he does need to be uh, proactive, uh, and when he uh, is standing there thinking, he hears this voice behind him calling him "dead boy, yoo dead boy." He's like, I knew I'd find you here sulking around. I just had to follow the stench of rotted meat. I'm surprised you don't have dogs following you. He's like, what's the matter, Hellspawn? Aren't you going to invite me in? Which is very telling, right? That's a classic vampire trope that uh, you need to in, in, invite. Yeah, need to invite them in uh, in order to uh, for them to, to actually cross your threshold. Um, and as uh, the vampire approaches him, we see it's that same guy from the strip club earlier. And we definitely see that he's a, a vampire based on the, his ears start to uh, become pointed and he's got the fangs and whatnot. And he attacks Spawn with blinding speed. So even though Spawn has his uh, powers, he's, he's thrown off guard uh, by the ferocity and um, quickness of this uh, attack by this guy, Wolfram. Uh, and so before he has a chance to gain his bearings and fight back, what happens? Oh, it's very convenient. He gets knocked back into that dead zone. So, I mean, he is pretty close to where it all went down, right? Like he was looking through a boarded up window outside where the gang war had taken place. Which it is, is right there. <laughs> yeah, which is very close. But at the same time, now he's in a building. And so, again, that's why I was wondering, you know, like get a map. Can you show me exactly where the dead zone is? It's a little convenient, but yeah. uh, necessary for the story to explain why this vampire is able to get the uh, the upper hand and um, he's kind of taunting Spawn saying yeah, sinking f- is it sinking in now? You just fell into the dead zone didn't the old man warn you about it? It's just this lonely patch of heaven right here in the middle of this urban decay it's like you feel that power leaking out of you, again, just, just taunting him it's like normally I wouldn't be able to you know, to bite you or to, to kill you um and, and you're probably thinking, wait, a vampire? Uh, doesn't that mean we're on the same team? Well, no, it doesn't. I, f- I actually fight for the other side. And you're like, wait, what? This guy's uh, like sanctioned by heaven? He's a, he's a vampire. It goes back to what Cog was saying earlier in the issue. They're really bringing that point home that heaven and hell aren't the you know good versus evil sort of um, – uh, archetypes that you learn about in uh, in Sunday school. So uh, he starts trying to like rip off Al's head, bite him on the neck. Um, when a voice from behind him says, "Stop! That's enough!" and it's actually Bootsy <laughs> who comes to save the day. 
And he says, curb your bloodlust, fiend. You're not sanctioned to kill on the spot. Besides, what good would it do us if you destroy Spawn now? Uh, and we get the to-be-continued uh, blurb there. So it, this is a really fast-paced issue. Uh, I, I had to go back when I read it. I was like, wait, that was 22 pages? Yeah, it, it sure was. Um, so uh, it moves at a breakneck pace. And really, it serves to just once again reinforce that, yeah, Cog and Spawn aren't getting along. Cog sounds like a broken record at this point trying to urge Al Simmons, learn about who you are, you know, be proactive rather than reactive. Stop, you know, working on instinct. Uh, but it is also, we are also reminded that this isn't like Cog is doing this out of the goodness of his heart, trying to make Al Simmons be a better Hellspawn. He's selfishly doing it, right? He's trapped sure. as a Spawn as well. He wants to hope that Al Simmons can find a way to, to break free of Malbolgia because maybe, you know, he is still trapped in a lot of ways uh, as well. Uh, we get the little interlude with Cyan and what's going on with her, uh, a little bit of uh, Sam and Twitch, which in turn introduced us to Wolfram, the vampire, uh, and that's a pretty big revelation that he's actually on the side of heaven or works for the forces of heaven with Bootsy showing up to save Spawn at the end. So, again, uh, a well-paced issue. A lot of new concepts introduced on the heels of... Like, it doesn't even feel like we really cleaned up all the consequences and all the stuff from uh, the gang war and, like, what's going on with Bobby? Is he is he going to be okay? We know he got stabbed last time. Like, there's still a lot of stuff going on and, and a lot of that a recent issue events to sort of dissect and understand and, and see what the consequences are going to be. But McFarlane is not giving Al Simmons or us readers a chance to even catch our breaths. Like it, uh, breath. It's just, you know, one event after another, just when you think uh, Al Simmons may be ready to make a change or may start looking at things in a different perspective. That's why, you know, he was standing there looking out at the, the bodies in a, uh, at least in my mind, you know, let me go back to the quote unquote scene of the crime um, and try to gain some perspective and, and think about the things that Cog said. Maybe he's, I'm not giving him enough credit. Um, and no sooner does he go there to think about that than he's attacked by a, a vampire of all things. So, yeah, a really fast paced issue, really well drawn issue uh, with this sort of pace. Uh, there could be a tendency to, to get a little weak on your or choppy on your transitions and your visual storytelling. Uh, never have to worry about that with Capullo. And uh, one of the things I do notice is he, he does use a lot of close-ups in this issue. Uh, and I feel like the reason that he does that is to sell the emotionality and the intimacy of it. Uh, because again, we're not getting a lot of ch chance as readers to catch our breath about what has happened recently with Spawn being killed and brought back to life and the gang war and what have you. Um, and, and being that McFarland uh, stuffs so many important little tidbits in this issue, we don't get a lot of character moments either. So the way you can still sell the emotionality and make sure that we're getting, you know, impactful panels is to zoom in on eyes, to zoom in on, you know, certain parts of people's faces, uh, to shift the camera angles around, to give us, you know, bird's eye view or worm's eye view, uh, because it provides a, a different dynamic and a different, uh, the, the, the dialogue, the scripting literally reads 
differently based on the fact that, hey, we're looking up at Spawn from a worm's eye view, which is much more of a, a grandiose image. Uh, so it's it's excellent storytelling from uh, Greg Capullo's issue. Uh, and I, I was just really surprised how fast it read. Uh, and I'm curious to learn more about this Wolfram character because a, a vampire that's working for heaven. And it's not like this is a good guy, right? Like he's... Um, and again, a good storytelling by McFarlane to do this, right? Like, you could say, okay, it's a vampire who doesn't want to be a vampire. You know, he's only drinking blood from a blood bank or, he, you know, only from animals or, or whatever, right? To, to say, okay, yeah, he's a vampire for heaven, but, you know, maybe he's a reluctant vampire. It's not his fault he got turned into a vampire. No. It starts off with us being introduced to this character. He kidnaps a stripper, takes her in the alley, kills her, and dumps her in the trash. Like... And wait, this guy works for Heaven? Yeah, Heaven's not the good place that you think it is. So, uh, interesting way to, to introduce him. And uh, also curious what Sam and Twitch, like, when are they going to start realizing and accepting the fact that there's a lot of stuff going on that's really, you know, far out of their usual day to day expertise, you know, in terms of, hey, Heaven and Hell are real. Uh, vampires are real. Spawn is a dead guy. Like, and what are what are their reactions going to be? So I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. The whole concept of uh, heaven and hell both having good aspects and also bad aspects. It it's been shown and it's been talked about a lot, but most of the time we only ever get to see the hell side of things. The bad guys come from hell. And yeah, there's angels and they're they're antagonistic towards Spawn, but that, that's because they're fighting hells. So we haven't really had a chance to see like truly nasty monsters come from the heaven side of things. But now, now we know they have uh, vampires on their side. Vampires work for heaven. They are not good people. They're not good guys. They they're killers, like you said. Our first introduction to hit to this vampire Wolfram is uh, he murdered an innocent person. That's that's very telling. And uh, Bootsy even says you're not sanctioned to to kill here. So it's like they they have rules specifically on where they can and cannot kill and who they can and cannot kill. It's it's all very bureaucratic, but still, it's like they they're allowed to kill people wherever they want on earth if they've got the right license for it i think that's kind of insane that uh it, it's very telling of of the side of heaven and d- just the mere existence the mere fact that he exists i think is a incredibly interesting concept i, I love that this exists in this universe yeah, I agree. And he has an interesting design too. It's all, he almost looks like what I would, you know, what you typically would think like um Van Helsing looks like, right? Like an old guy with white hair and a white beard. Um and you know, typically vampires more suave and young looking and you know, dark mm-hmm. hair or whatever. That's not that's not this guy. No, this uh, guy's an animal. Like like yeah. he's got the features of a bat. Like he's got the ears and the with the glasses that he's wearing it makes his eyes look like really big way bigger than they should be and he's got huge animal tusk fangs it's he's a monster he's a full-on monster 
Yeah, it's fan, uh, fantastic art, fantastic rendering from uh, from Capullo. And again, I go back to the pace of this issue. So, so good. And that cover uh, is fantastic as well. So uh, any last thoughts on this one before we move on, Blake? Um, no, not really. I think we covered it all. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Don't forget to go check out the uh, Spawn reading order in the show notes so you'll know where we're going next when those uh, tangential series and uh, uh, mini-series and one-shots and whatever fit in. Uh, So we appreciate you joining us as always, and we will talk to you next time. Have a good one. Find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.